It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community. As distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. You know what it is! It's Taco Tuesday! And welcome to your Taco Tuesday, my fellow Taconians and everyone else in New York and the world. We stream worldwide here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Uh, this is James Goldman, a.k.a. Boyce Nerdly, with you. We have an hour to have some fun, to get some information done. If you'd like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. And we're going to start with the New York Times today. There's a piece that I just find fascinating. And it's called, I should call this, I should call this piece, Yeah, It's What Liberals Do. The headline reads this, New York renters are now paying the price for the COVID discount. More than 40% of the available units in Manhattan currently come from tenants priced out of apartments they leased in 2020 and 2021, according to a new Street Easy report. And they begin like this. For comfort at the beginning of the pandemic, Kathy Lee Chi turned to cooking and her mother's, to cooking her mother's Vietnamese recipe. She could easily find all the ingredients she needed in Manhattan's Chinatown But the subway ride from her Jackson Heights, Queens apartment was almost an hour. So when a modern two-bedroom apartment with exposed brick walls and stone floors became available to rent for about $1,700 a month 
in the nearby in the nearby two bridges uh, neighborhood. She jumped at it. Last May, her worst fears were realized. Her landlord handed her a renewal with a sixty-five percent rent hike. Sixty-five percent rent hike. Ay, ay, ay. What has long been bemoaned that people who got what became known as the COVID discount are now paying the price for those deals is now showing in the numbers. About 44% of the available units in Manhattan currently come from tenants priced out of apartments they leased in 2020 and 2021. In the second quarter of this year, almost 14,000 Manhattan apartments became available because the former occupants were sent packing after they were handed renewals with significant increases. Citywide, the numbers are not much better. At least a third of available units, over 22,000 apartments, vacated because of rent hikes, according to the report. The displacement of so many New Yorkers at once is having a ripple effect in neighborhoods around the city, pushing the rental market to the outer limits of affordability. Now, I can read on and on and on, but let's cut to the chase of this, okay? What happened? COVID came along. Your liberals, your liberals, your liberal elected officials in the state and in your local government started crying. And they started crying about how horrible it was going to be for renters. And so what they did was say, you don't have to pay your rent. Oh, no, you don't have to pay rent. Why, you can just live here rent-free during COVID and, 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 you know, screw the landlords because landlords are evil anyway. They shouldn't be charging people rent. They're rich. Landlords are rich. They can afford to take the hit. So don't pay your rent. And what we'll do is we'll come up with some money for you. Maybe you'll give it to your landlord. Maybe you won't. And they handed out some free money. Well, here's what else happened. A lot of landlords suffered tremendously during COVID. There were stories about landlords who could not pay their own mortgages and had to move out of their own houses because their rental units, the units that they owned, were not providing income to them anymore. Thank you, the government mandate. A government mandate that tells people, oh, you don't have to pay, it's free. This is what liberals love all the time. Can I have free college? Sure you can. Here's free college. Can I have free welfare? Sure you can. Here's free welfare. Can I have free birth control? Sure you can. And you can also have a free abortion in some cases too. Can I have free, uh, can I have uh, free, uh, what, what, what? Anything I want, free? Sure you can. That's what we're here for, to give you stuff. We're Santa Claus. We're liberals. We're Democrats. What do you want? We'll give it to you. It's free. You want free college? Well, we're working on it. We'll give you free college, too. Who said that? Democrats and liberals say it, except here's the problem, folks. There is no free lunch. Nothing is ever free. It always costs something for somebody. And now, now, the chickens are coming home to roost.
because it was free then, but it ain't free now. Now it's time for the landladies and landlords, good old land people who own these apartment buildings to say, you know what? You all got over on us during COVID. Now we have to recoup. Now it's time for us to collect some of that money that we weren't making on our own property because the government said we can't make money from you because we're evil. And voila, the price of living goes up. You may have stayed in that apartment and not paid your landlord for two years, but now you can't stay anymore. The price has gone up. And either you pay up or get out. And it's really that simple. But this is the promise that Democrats make to you. Oh, we'll take care of you. Oh, don't worry about the price. Oh, it's free. It's all yours. It's free. But it's not free. You're going to pay for it eventually. Someone has to pay the rent eventually. And in this case, it's you. And so now that apartment that cost you $1,700 back during the COVID years when you escaped paying rent, well, now that same apartment costs four grand in rent, and you can't afford it. They're too full bad. of crap. Too bad, too bad, too bad, because someone else can afford it now, and it's a nice apartment, so get out. The landladies and landlords of this city have been hosed by liberals. And all of you that thought that you were going to be taken care of by Democrats, where are you today? They do what they always do. They promise you the world, and they end up pulling the rug out from underneath you. There is no free lunch. There has never been a free lunch. Even school lunches that are free, somebody's paying for it. Horrible. They may be free to the students, but they're not free to you. The taxpayers, somebody pays. This is a life lesson. Nothing is free. I'd like to hear from some of you whose rent went up if you want to call. And I am not, by the way, joyfully saying this. I feel for you renters. But what should have happened during this is there should have been a way to ensure that these landlords got paid on time. So that if they wanted to give the rent free, then they should have paid your rent to the landlord. Make sure that the landlords were taken care of because now you're seeing the result. This is what happens when landlords cannot earn the money that they need off their investment properties. If you have a contrasting point of view, of course, you're welcome to call 800-848-WABC. If you think that landlords are greedy and they're the evil people and they should have had their the ability to have people not pay them rent, if you think that, give us a call. It's fine. We'll yes talk about no. it. Yeah. 800-848-WABC. Now, today's Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. We know that. Taco Tuesday! But it's also Mark Stein Day. Mark Stein is still overseas. I got the word this morning. However, we will hear a little bit from Mark Stein today, even though he is overseas. And he's going to join us again when he comes back into the country. 
But we'll hear from a little Mark Stein, but we're going to hear from some, we're here, we will hear from other voices as well. And we want to hear from your voice. So if you'd like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC, 848-9222. We are coming back right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Happy birthday, Mick. Or I guess that should be Sir Mick. Mick Jagger's birthday today. What is he, about 100 and what? 115. I'm just kidding. You had Mick it. Jagger. No, 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 let's stop. First time I heard this song, I wigged. First of all, it comes on so loud. Back then, you know, you had like these things. Kevin, let me let me tell you what we used to have back then. There were these things called record players. Uh-huh. And these were vinyl. So you used to put these on your turntable. Yeah. It had a little arm that used to spin around and round. It was like a disc. And you played it so when you put this record on your record player, it sounded so much louder than any other record you had. And it was they were really cool. You should you should see one one day, a turntable. I'd be it'd be great to see one. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. One of the greatest of the Rolling Stones catalog, and boy, that is a lot of music. Start me up. Okay, listen, let us, uh, you know who we miss? We miss, we miss this voice. You'll recognize it. Have you heard about all the disinformation out there? Some people call it misinformation, but uh, that might just be part of a disinformation campaign itself. Nevertheless, do you know what the single biggest piece of misinformation, disinformation, fake news of the no. last two years is? Here it is, what is folks. It? The what is fakey, it? fakiest of fake news from the lips of the purported leader of the free world. Who would that be? They're, you're okay. You're not oh, gonna. Yeah. You're not gonna get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Uh huh. You're not gonna get COVID <laughs> if you have these vaccinations. So said Joe Biden, and so said many others. But it's not true. Right now, Joe Biden has the COVID. He joins a long list of the ostentatiously jabbed and boosted, who've nevertheless managed to get a dose of the COVID. Weird. Jacinda Trudeau, for example, in Ottawa. Gets it once every two and a half weeks. It's not Canucks, funny. Paul yeah. Biden is weak, woozy, out of it, barely able to speak, can't function. So no change in his condition, except that he's got that COVID thing where you lose all sense of smell. So he has to lean in even closer to sniff your hair. Ooh, she looks like she's enjoying it. Go on, boys and girls, try it. 
and uh, see how much the ladies love it. The interesting thing is that you can't get near Joe Biden unless you're faxed. His Secret Service detail, his secretaries, his interns, uh, the women whose hair he sniffs, the children whose hair he sniffs, are all vaccinated and boosted up the wazoo. So he was infected with COVID by someone who's vaccinated. So if you're vaccinated against the COVID, you can still get the COVID and you can still give the COVID, which doesn't really make it much of a vaccine, as that word was traditionally understood, does it? And here's the kicker. They knew this at the time. Here is Deborah Burks, the second best known face in American public health after Commissar Fauci. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people... We overplayed the vaccines. Uh-huh. I uh -huh. knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. If that's so, why didn't she tell us at the time? It would have been nice to know and helpful to the ethical concept of informed consent. What man smells right. little girl's hair? Exactly right. Now, that is our very own Mark Stein. As soon as he comes back in the country, he'll be back with us on Tuesdays. I'm going to stop saying he'll be back next week because I don't know how long he's going to be over there. He's probably over there having tea with the Queen or something right now. But uh, Mark Stein will be back with us, rest assured. Now, let us go to another voice that you may or may not recognize, the first being Greta and the second Tulsi Gabbard. But... Here's what this is about. I've been talking all week, or actually for a number of weeks, months, years, about the, the dual standard in American justice, where Democrats get away with everything, and Republicans, I don't care who you are, like Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon found guilty on contempt of Congress. Really? When Democrats have had nothing but contempt of Congress, including Eric Holder, and the DOJ never does anything? Hillary, still free, never seen in orange jumpsuit, when in fact what she did with classified information at least warranted a criminal prosecution. But no, 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 Hillary gets off. No one ever investigates the Clinton Foundation, despite the millions of dollars that flowed through there from dubious sources. Where's the accounting on that? While we have this Letitia James person during this witch hunt on Donald Trump. You see, it is a dual standard of justice, and Greta asked Tulsi about that this week, Tulsi Gabbard, former Democrat congresswoman, and this is what Tulsi Gabbard had to say. Good evening, Congresswoman, and uh, tell me your thoughts hey, on this whole process of contempt of Congress and getting indicted. Who gets it and who doesn't? Well, this is the problem, is this is just the latest example of how our Department of Justice is being weaponized as a political hit squad to go after the political opponents of of the powers that be that are in charge. Um, you know, in our democracy, we the people need to be able to trust in the rule of law. We need to be able to trust that institutions like the Department of Justice and our law enforcement entities are truly acting in the public interest and that we will all be treated fairly and equally under the law, regardless of, of any other factors, regardless of our political viewpoints of who we voted for, who we're speaking out for or against. And so the really dangerous thing that we're seeing as a consequence of what's playing out here in this double standard that you've pointed out is the clear message of fear. That if you speak out against us, if you're an opponent of the powers that be, then uh, it, it's the, the Department of Justice can go after you and charge you and prosecute you. However, if you are on the other team, if you're 
if you are in agreement with or or um, uh, liked by those in power, then we're going to treat you kindly or you'll get off the hook and, and you won't be treated in the same way that your political opponents will be. This is the telltale sign of an authoritarian regime and directly undermines our democracy. That is really what's at the core of, of what's wrong here. Democrat. I wish she would switch parties. She's liberal on some things, yeah. But she makes so much sense. And I am just, I wish and I hope that we have not seen the last of Tulsi Gabbard in elective politics. If you ask me one Democrat that I would respect on the other side, it would be her. Tulsi Gabbard is just a very, very intellectually honest Democrat. And that is something rare in our society today. There's a story in the Free Beacon, Washington Free Beacon today, meet the FBI analyst behind the decade's biggest political disinformation campaigns. An intelligence analyst behind the FBI's botched Trump-Russia collusion probe is now accused of using the Bureau's authority to discredit reports about Hunter Biden's criminal activity months before the 2020 election. Meet Brian Auten. The FBI analyst is hardly a household name, but whistleblowers who contacted the office of GOP Senator Chuck Grassley say he was behind an August 2020 report that the FBI officials used as a part of a scheme to undermine derogatory information connected to Hunter Biden by falsely suggesting it was all disinformation. I've been saying for ages that the FBI needs to be swept clean and the Department of Justice. And again, let me state, there are many great agents in that agency. However, there are a lot of political hacks, and apparently one has been identified. Also, this poor little girl that they have up as the uh, press secretary now, this uh, Kareem Jean Paris. This girl's in way over her head. She, she's, as you'll hear. The numbers are coming out this week, the economic numbers that could on Thursday say that we are in a recession. So in advance of that, the White House has been trying to spin that, oh, two months of negative growth, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that you're in a recession. Well, a reporter asked this little girl, Kareem Jean-Pierre, about that today, and this is what that sounded like. Next week's a very big week for the economy. So I read the CEA blog. Is the White House trying to change the common definition of a recession? Because next Thursday, the GDP numbers coming out are going to show that we've been in a recession. So let me say this. You know, the strength of our labor market, along with the other economic uh, factors, is what, what we generally see in a recession or even a pre a pre what is not what we generally see in a recession or even a pre-recession because we're seeing the strength of the economy and the labor market. So that's really important uh, to note there there because those are uh, key elements as we talk about that, as folks keep asking us about about that. that? So Americans across the country are back to work uh, at a historic level. 21 states, the most in history, have unemployed rates, unemployment rates at or below Uh, 3%. That is an important number to note. 14 states are now at their lowest unemployment rates since this series began in 1976. Higher unemployment? And last month, 
the unemployment rate was a new low in eight states. So again, but we're not asking about last month. Along with the economic indicators, we're asking about the recession. We generally see uh, as we talk about uh, recession or even pre-recession. But the growth of the jobs, the three months trend, the growth of job growth in the U.S. is, is shrinking, is decreasing, and 7.5 million oh, people no. are growing. He's got facts. The job market is not doing so well. One job to afford living. So is jobs really a good indicator? How do I get out of this? Here's what I would say. We've always talked about the strength of our economy. We've always talked about how historic it's been, and we've always talked about the transitioning, right? The transitioning to more stable steady growth. And so to your point about uh, the job growth there, this is what What we've been stating for the past uh, several months. Can anybody follow this? The economy created 1.1 million jobs in the second quarter. Uh, and so, and around 375 jobs per month. Those are historic numbers. Uh, um, those what's are, historic? The, the um, 1.1 million jobs. That, we are um, back to where we were uh, at pre-pandemic levels. So that is what we see as strength of the economy. Again, we're going to transition uh, into a more stable uh, and steady growth. And uh, and so we're going to continue the work that the president has set out to do uh, to make sure that we continue to deliver for the American. I'm just going to keep like seeing words right, like in a sentence and like hope that they kind of make sense like somehow and if I just keep saying things like oh we take note of that uh let me just try to use the word uh, like historic a historic a historic and maybe 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 uh somebody will actually believe me uh because I really I don't like I don't know like really what I'm talking about and then there's Kamala Harris I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Say what? What did you just say? I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. I'm James Golden. My pronoun is Bo Snurdly. And these people are out of their freaking minds. Y'all know what today is, right? I said, do y'all know what today is? Today is Taco Tuesday! The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Remember, Cassie Knight up next on WABC Talk Radio 77. Rolling Stones Day here on Taco Tuesday. Miss you, and I do. I was waiting for that. The Rolling Stones with the funk. Bring it. Yes, Mick's birthday today. We're still trying to figure out whether he's 115 or 110. Curtis Lewa. My man, Curtis, what's going on, bro? Wow, that cadaver and formaldehyde. <laughs> oh, stop it. Mick Jagger. <laughs> What I mean, is wrong? He's like Prune Face in Dick Tracy. My God. 
Is he still alive? <laughs> oh, man, the disrespect. Come on, bro. The Rolling Stones are icon, man. How can you even yeah, talk no, about Nick like that? You're right, because in a little while, we're going to talk about brown sugar. Hey. Brown sugar on the subway. Let me tell you something. The MTA money-taking agency, now we know why they take your money. Party hardy, raise the roof. All right, Curtis, before we talk about what happened on the subway, which is unfreaking believable there was a beatdown, and this was also the subways. I, thank you, Mayor Adams. Okay, a 16-year-old beat down a New York City police officer, which in and of itself is like, how does this happen? How does a 16-year-old beat down a New York City police officer on a subway platform in East Harlem? He's arrested after he beat the law enforcement officer down, and then they let him go. Yep. Explain this to me, Curtis. Well, he's actually benefited three times. He's been let go three times in the last year. Let me let me first take you back to the most serious charge. A loaded 9 millimeter in East New York, he gets caught. Cops, 75th Precinct, bust him. He's cut loose. Then he comes to Midtown Manhattan, Midtown South, uh, arrest him for an armed robbery. This is Alvin Bragland, Manhattan, you know, friend of the criminals. Turn him loose, uh, Alvin. He turns him loose on his own recognizance. No bail, uh, no uh, secured release, nothing, not even the uh, uh, ankle bracelet. So now he's with his girlfriend, as you mentioned, East Harlem, 125th Street, the 456 train, very active train station. Two African-American cops, male, female, stopped them because naturally they jumped the turnstile. They didn't pay their fare. And the cops are doing their job. They have to stop fare evasion. So instead of providing them ID, uh, this young guy, this young thug and the thugette start, I mean, wailing away on both cops. And the video is there for everybody to see. It's gone viral. They're trading blows. Eventually another cop jumps in. They arrest both the thug and thugette. They go before a judge uh, over the weekend, and uh, Alvin Bragg's ADA asked for no, 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 almost minimal charges. They cut him loose. And then when they asked the Manhattan ADA, why'd you cut this guy loose? Uh, he's been arrested three times. He said, well, it's in family court. He's a juvenile. It's sealed. It's none of your BIB business. And I'm telling you, you grew up in Southeast Queens. I grew up in Brownsville, East New York, Canarsie, started the Guardian Angels in the South Bronx. This guy is a hero in the hood now. He's walking around like he owns the city, owns Eric Adams, a swagger man with no plan. And he does because he can get away with anything. Remember, they called him the Teflon Don, uh, John Gotti Sr. Well, this is the Teflon thug. It doesn't matter what he does. He never ends up in jail. This is just unconscionable. But here's the other question. Why does it take three cops to take care of a 16-year-old thug and his thugette girlfriend. Very simple. Uh, They don't have nightsticks any longer. You remember James Golden in your wilder days when you... uh, I never got beat with a nightstick, Curtis. No. Yes, they used to carry the nightsticks. And if you you dared try to hit... I mean, come on. They they kick your... Well, you would get you would get a wooden shampoo. That's number one. Okay, I like and, that. And wooden then, shampoo. if you tried to get away, the cops knew hit him in the kneecap. Because let's right. say 
James, you had on uh, at that time, you had your Converse on, your Pro Keds, or maybe your Skippies. You know, you were low budget. I didn't wear Skippies. Well, you know, you didn't maybe have the boats. Money. I wore boats, <laughs> okay. but not Skippies. And so you try to do the bird. They hit you in the kneecap, and the cop knew, I don't got to run after him. In two blocks, he's going to stop. He's going to be limping. <laughs> he's going to be mine. This is old school police work. They took the nightsticks away from the cops. They have a taser, which almost never works. And they have a gun. Why don't they have a nightstick? The nightstick that stick prevented them from ever having to use. They didn't have it at that time, a taser or a gun. It was very effective because when they pulled out the nightstick, you knew the cop meant business. And back then, they would patrol by themselves. They would right. patrol by themselves. The nightstick was the rule. You knew they'd pull out the nightstick. Not only would you get a, a wooden shampoo, but, oh, man, say your prayers, because when you got to that precinct, everybody else wanted a, a piece of you if you raised your hands to a fellow police officer. Now, let's talk about the subway and this incident on the subway. Curtis, in my entire life, I have, would never dream that this would happen on a New York City subway. James, you got to understand the MTA, the money-taking agency, which is about to declare bankruptcy, even though Papa Joe uh, Chulo uh, gave them $15 billion in stimulus money to subsidize them through the pandemic, they don't have enough riders to pay the fare. So this is the perfect thing. Just raise the roof. Have parties on the subway lines. I mean, slip and slide, dancing and grinding, daggering, simulated sex, drinking Hennessy and Jameson, booty call, booty call. That car was packed, that J train. No cops. And I'm looking for the picture of our mayor, Eric Adams, there because you know he loves parties. He loves the nightlife. Oh, I know. And, I mean, they're getting it on. Imagine if you paid your fare, it's two seventy-five. That's that. I mean, let's face it. You can't even get into a club, some clubs, for like a hundred dollars. So for two seventy-five, a metro ride on the J train, you could raise the roof, party hardy. I'm surprised they didn't have Fifty Cent singing there in the club. <laughs> okay, folks, if you haven't seen these pictures, first of all, they're not appropriate for young people. What you see is naked brown butts staring at you with the thong strapped in between, while these women what woman in her right mind would strip down naked on a subway train grind and twerk, twerk up her butt for everybody to see but this is what's happening on the train on the subway while others are drinking like as curtis said drinking hard alcohol hard booze partying like it's like it's 1999. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it should have the Prince song in there. I mean, this is New York City subways. No, no, no cops. Uh, Eric Adams, he, he is such a miserable failure. If, if This video alone tells you what a failure. He said he flooded the subway system with police. Uh, crime is up. 53% in the subways. People are not working in Manhattan because of the fear of crime, not COVID. But I'm telling you, they used to have bar cars on the suburban lines, the Long Island Railroad, Metro oh, North. Those. Yeah. Yeah, they discontinued them. Bring back the bar cars. Yeah, I'll pay extra <laughs> premium fee to ride the subway. Just let me in that bar car. And get a lap dance for free with a nice twerky butt while, oh, you, while you ride. Wait, wait, you didn't watch the full video. You get, you get a Brumski, you get a lap dance, and you get to dagger. You know what daggering is? 
Oh Curtis, man, Curtis. Woo! What? Yeah. What? what? Curtis, what is, what, what is daggering? Uh, that is simulated sex. Uh, she is uh, dancing and grinding and doing a booty call. You get to move right behind her and awooga, awooga. Come on, James, don't ever lie. You know you dag it in your lifetime. How dare you? <laughs> Man, I used to hang in the clubs in Southeast Queens on Jamaica Avenue. I know, James. We did not do that, Curtis. Not in public, anyway. Yeah, I know. Look, uh, hey, look, in all wild days, come on. But it was behind closed doors in the club. It wasn't on the subways. <laughs> this is New York, folks. I'm surprised. Eric, I bet you Eric Adams was in that party, yeah. <laughs> Curtis Leewood, thank you so much for joining us on Boston Early's Rush Hour. Folks, this is a taste of the new New York culture under Mayor Adams and his safety subway program. Oh, my. <laughs> What's next? Auga! This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Mick Jagger. Happy birthday, Sir Mick. But did you try daggering? Did she twerk you on the subway? How about when you're on the subway and a girl comes on the train and starts to twerk in front of you and asks you if you'd like to dagger? Would you care for a dagger? I might want a dagger here. Yeah, jagger with the dagger. I tell you. Let us head to the telephones. Michael in Rockaway Beach. Welcome. You're on Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you this afternoon, Michael? Doing well. I'm stuck in traffic on the Belt Parkway going back to Rockaway. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I understand that. The world, I'm telling you, all you can do is just sit, relax, and know that sooner or later, I'll get there. The, um, I, I just have to disagree with you about nothing being free, though, Bo. Okay. The what is free? Belongs to everyone. The best things in life are free. Okay. You know what? Okay. <laughs> yes, some of the best things in life are free, but I'm talking about the stuff. Like the stuff that you normally have to buy. Let me qualify that. Yeah. Like these people that were told that, oh, don't pay your rent. It's okay. Nothing, it's all good. You don't have to pay rent. Well, now. That chicken is coming home to roost, and many of them are having to leave their apartments because the price has gone up so much. This was a pipe dream that they should have never, that should have never been presented to people. It's a pipe dream that they should have never bought into. They should realize nothing's going to be free here. I better keep paying my rent. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would, but I'll tell you one thing. Welcome to the People's Republic of New York, Bo. True that. 
Well, hopefully there will be a big change. I don't know when, because you still have this. I mean, the very notion, I mean, look at the stuff we just talked about in the last half hour. So, well, in this hour. First, rents are out of control now. Thank you, all this free rent stuff that the Democrats gave people as while they were playing Santa Claus during COVID. On the subways, you've got these twerk and dagger parties, Turk dagger and drink parties on New York City subways. On the subway platforms, you have thugs and thuggets beating up cops and then walking free, especially. Well, it, it, is, it is like I don't understand why Mayor Adams, I don't understand how Democrats can think that this is possibly what New Yorkers want in their city. I don't get it. Michael, hey, thank you so much for the call. Hope to hear from you again soon. Let's go to Long Island and Mark. Mark, welcome. How are you this afternoon? Uh, good afternoon, Bo. How are you? Just a couple of things with Adams. Uh, what I saw in the subway thing, I know why these officers probably, because if there was reverse, if them officers would have subdued the suspect on a beatdown to arrest him, they'd have been out of a job. That's number one. Number two, I don't know if it was sometime over the weekend, Adams was on a rant that he's God's gift to the city. I could swear after watching that speech, Bo, that he was on something. And I'm not trying to, you know, take him down for the drug thing, but he had to be on something, too, because he was actually giggling, giggling at what went on. And uh, this is why the police officers are not uh, un- unable to do their job. I repeat myself, if, if they had taken that suspect down the way that suspect beat them cops down, they'd be suspended. I have now, that's thought. just a frightening thought. That you can have these thugs, these thugs and thuggers. These are teenage thugs, and they can't even they can't even bring a teenage thug and his. I like that term that Curtis used and thugette under control. I mean, what is? Thank you, Mark. We so appreciate your call, Danny, in Long Island. Welcome. How are you this afternoon, Danny? A uh, combination, a little outrage, a little saddle, everything, all tied into this uh, video of the uh, cops uh, wrestling with the perpetrator in the subway. And uh, Curtis is 100% right. I was a foot cop in Times Square back in the old days. I had a nice piece of wood in my hand that my father gave me. Uh, if, if you looked at me the wrong way and I took the nightstick out of the holder, you knew that you had crossed the line, you better start to behave. And if I am average-sized people have to have an advantage when they fight oh, – uh, criminals because the criminals are all doped up and don't want to get caught. So as my father would say, we have to win. Once I tell you you're under arrest, put your hand behind your back, please, and you don't, well, then all bets are off. There is no wrestling because my gun is as close to you as it is to me then. So therefore, once I tell you you're under arrest and you don't comply, the stick is coming out, and I'm going to poke in his chest with the stick just to let him know any business, and then I'm going to bring it down on the side of your skull, and the fight's over. And I don't mean to hurt you, but you have violated the law and you've now resisted arrest. I have to go home at night. I cannot be wrestling on the floor with people. And that, these cops don't have nightsticks. They're afraid to defend themselves. And we've seen video after video of these cops wrestling around like it's WWE and they're not controlling the perpetrator. They're scared. They're impotent. If they can't do the job, find another job. And the police department better let them start to do the job because – they can't do it anymore. They don't have the will to do it. Don't st- you can't stop somebody from going on a subway. That every time, it's going to go wrong sometimes, and this is what's going to happen. So you have to have the weapons and the mentality to say, please, sir, you just jumped the turnstile. You're under arrest because it's going to go wrong sometimes. Not everybody's going to be so nice, and then when it goes wrong, you better be able to defend yourself, and this cop couldn't. 
and, and it's a shame. It's Danny, a shame. what do you think about this little twerk, dagger, and drink party being held on New York City subways? Is this something that would have happened in your days? I was a city cop. I wasn't a transit cop, but I would take the train back and forth to court. And I always remember when I got on a train at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the morning, and the door opened, and I'd walk on with my stick in my hand and the radio blaring, and everybody would look at me and say, thank God you're here. Just that look that there's a uniformed cop, which you can't find a uniformed cop on the subway anymore. It's anarchy. Anything goes. And, this, and then the news, they have, they have the nerve to tell you that this MTA is going bankrupt because no one's paying the fare. You think? You think? It's complete <laughs> madness. Oh, goodness. Danny, thank you so much. I'm so happy you're in the audience. Thank you, Danny, for calling and sharing with us. And I, a lot of people, I'm sure, listening to your words and saying, this guy speaks truth. Let us go to Joe, Long Island. Welcome, Boston Airways Rush Hour. Remember, Catch at Night comes up next. Joe, what's on your mind this afternoon? Yes, uh, Eric Holder, Lois Lerner, Ben Rhodes, and Brian Pagliano, who was Hillary Clinton's IT guy, they all worked for Democrats. Like Steve Bannon, they all received congressional subpoenas. Unlike Steve Bannon, none of them was prosecuted when they ignored and defied those congressional subpoenas. So Republicans do not need smug lectures from Democrats about how no one is above the law. Because apparently, if you're a Democrat... You Name are, those four names again. Eric Holder, Lois, Lois Lerner, Ben Rhodes, and Brian Pagliano. Yep, all of they them. All, yeah, they all received congressional subpoenas. They're all Democrats. None of them was prosecuted when they defied those congressional subpoenas, unlike Steve Bannon. So glaring hypocrisy. Thank you for the call. So appreciate you. Max in Manhattan, welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77, Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you? Well, thank you for taking my call. Two things, two questions here. One, um, do, you, do you actually support the gold uh, businesses that you're, um, that you're advertising? And two, this is a statement. All of these fights on the train should be videotaped and shown to police, and then the police should be trained in grappling techniques. Right now, they're not trained. Okay. One, I support everything that we advertise on my show, absolutely. Uh, Max, I couldn't agree with you more. We just heard from police officers. They need the tools to work with, and they need to be. What I, but here's something else that, that is lurking in my mind. Back in the day when I was coming up, a 16-year-old wouldn't dare go up against the cop because the cops were bigger and badder. Today, we have police officers that look like, in some cases, not all cases, in some cases, that look like someone in grade school could push them over. I'm just saying. Judith in Brooklyn. <clears throat> Welcome. How are you this afternoon, Judith? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Listen, I'm just so angry. I mean, these Democrats, and it's the Democrats, these Democrats are making a total mockery of the American constitutional justice system. And I'm so fed up. You take a look at the January 6th uh, uh, committee hearing. That's not a hearing. It's just a smearing one-way show. It's ridiculous. Stephen Bannon wasn't even allowed to defend himself. No way. You look at the New York cashless bail that we're going through. Where, where, where a congressman was almost murdered, and this guy simply went off and he was scot-free. And you know what? If you defend yourself over here, 
you get arrested. It's ridiculous, you know? I want to tell you something. These politicians, these Democrats at least, they serve themselves, no one else. And I really think they should serve time in jail. That's what they should serve time. Judith, well said. Thank you, Judith. So appreciated. Very well said. Let's see. Manhattan, Eno, time's running out. What is it that you'd like to contribute to our Rush Hour this afternoon? Thank you, Mr. Bull. You're doing a good job. You're the best. I'm, Thank I'm, you. I'm so, um, I, what I want to say, I'm so afraid of, um, for the police because they are young. They, I notice they are very young and they have no you know, experience. Like the older police. First, when when I come from Jamaica here, you have those big, tall Irish, Italian, and black police, and they used to walk around in the in the neighborhood in the evening. We say hi to them. We we leave our door open if they want to come in, you know, and stuff like that. Now these police are afraid of these thugs, and they are getting away. The thugs are getting away with murder. Thank you so much, Ina. You have said a mouthful there. We love you. Ina, I hope to hear from you again. Thank you. Jenna, we have less than a minute. you got to make it quick. Hi, my name is Jenna. My son is a police officer, and I just am thanking God he is on his way home safe today. I am terrified every day that he's at work. The way the city is is just so scary, and I'm telling you, if I saw a police officer getting hurt, I would probably jump in and get myself in trouble because it's just terrible what's going on. Jenna, you're amazing, and we all pray every day for you and your son that he continues to come home safe to you every day. Thank you so much. Well, folks, Taco Tuesday done for the day. We're back tomorrow. Most nervous rush hour at 4 o'clock. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. You know what it is. It's Taco Tuesday. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.